Welcome to episode 254 of the All the Book Show, official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. How are you doing? That to, pause, I, I think maybe you thought I was going to say more, or you were just really thinking about life. You always say your name first, so I guess I was just waiting for that. Okay, yeah. But, you know. That's it. Sometimes yeah. things are different. That, that's the show. Okay. See you next week. No, no, no. No, no, no. We've got, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Okay. Starting with, I am boiling hot right now. How's the temperature where you are? Mm-hmm. I've got central air. Oh, jeez. Show off. No. <laughs> it is uh It is Sorry. sticky and warm, and I'm finding it a little unpleasant today. But... Uh, it is like that here outside. Sure. Okay. Yes. All right. Outside is... You'd experience those things here in the North Carolina summer. Sure. Understood. But, Understood. Yeah. But uh, that, that is a good lead for our topic today, and that's books to look forward to this summer. Uh, I know hmm. this summer has started off very weird, but uh, usually we talk about some, some books to be excited about for the summer months, and, uh, you know, come what may, we're going to do yeah. that today. Are you excited? Come what may! Is there anything that uh, that you've been waiting for book-wise? Book-wise, comic book-wise, anything like that? Gosh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Because with everything going on, I think I just assumed everything stopped. But I guess, like, the one place... I mean, it does look like some books were delayed. But thanks to, like, ebooks and stuff, some things still... I mean, you got... They still released the uh, Hunger Games book. Yeah, Hunger Games and Grish. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, things out there. Yeah, yeah. I could see Grisham readers not wearing masks. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. What What have you been reading? Have you read anything uh, good lately? Uh, let me check my good reads to oh. see what good I've been reading. Nice. Uh, I'm still reading The Fires of Heaven, the fifth book of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time series. Okay. Uh, I'm committing myself to at least a chapter a day. Okay. That way I can be done in about 54 days. That's true. <laughs> I thought you were going to say years, but okay. Uh, now, though I was looking up... I, I, I don't need go... your pity laugh. <laughs> I don't need I that. I Wikipedia, and I was looking up the summary of the first four books on the plot thing to like... Oh, yeah. Remember exactly what happened in each book. Right. And when I got to the fourth book, they also threw in the fact that that's the longest book in the series, Word Count. Oh, okay. So it's all smooth sailing from here. I guess so, yeah. So I'm a couple chapters into The Fires of Heaven. Wait, you know what's interesting? We did that fantasy spotlight, and I talked about Brandon Sanderson and Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah. And Robert Jordan just makes the world feel so alive and lived in and old. And makes everything feel so unique and all like the political structures and the different uh, people and cultures, all that feels so real. And But he's like, Robert Jordan somehow is able to hide the wires and keep your, keep your eyes on the rabbit in a way that like Brandon Sanderson and Patrick Rothfuss, like they're doing a lot of that world building and stuff, but you still see... You know, you still see a little yeah. bit behind the curtain uh-huh. and you're like, oh, well, there's a mirror there. Sure. And it, it's just interesting because I guess like Robert Jordan just makes it look a lot smoother and so easy. And maybe it's because it, there's just so much text in there. You know, we can just fit there. But like Brandon Sanderson's the time, sure. The Way of Kings is like a thousand pages. And like it still just feels very much like this. You you read it and like this is a well-built world, Brandon Sanderson. This feels very well thought out. 
But then you read like the Wheel of Time, and like I guess Robert Jordan just is a historian for the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, okay. and I know like Brandon Sanderson is very inspired by the Wheel of Time, and you know I know that shadow looms large and everything. It's sure. just I I haven't really been able to pick out exactly what it is, but like yeah, looking back at it, it's like you can just tell with these new ones, as good as they are, they're doing it very consciously. Mm. And I think, and I'm not entirely sure, I don't know. It, Robert Jordan just makes it look more seamless. Okay. So nice. I think that's one of the reasons why I really like it. So I've been reading that. I've been reading The New Mutants by Chris Claremont. Okay. And uh, also I read Torok Dinosaur Hunter, which is volume two of uh, Dynamite's series. Greg Pak is writing it. Okay. He, he's written some Hulk stories. And uh, he wrote, gosh, the Weapon X series that just treated Sabretooth as a wacky internet meme machine. <laughs> okay. That And I've been watching, I just finished season three of The Simpsons. All right. Pretty good haul for you. Man, season three of The Simpsons. So good. That's where it's at? Oh my gosh. The episode where Bart becomes the hall monitor. So funny. Mm-hmm. When he's pulling, when he, when, when Milhouse shoots a spitwad or throws something at, at the cafeteria, mm-hmm. he's like, come on, Milhouse, we're out of here. And it's just a bird's eye shot of, the cafeteria all behaved and Milhouse being dragged out by Bart and Milhouse is just like, sure, we have order, but at what cost? <laughs> just, just kills me. Nice. I love it. So. And remember, we have many seasons of The Simpsons right there oh in the collection of the, the David Hale Public Library. The first 14, 14 yeah. uh, seasons and the movie. But so. they're always checked out. I mean, since we got them, they've been checked out like on a constant rotation. So yes. remember, curbside, baby. You yeah, can. Uh, and you can... I just finished. Uh, community again okay. the last time we talked about this you were you were getting ready for season six and we're preparing to be sad are you sad i was sad i'm not gonna lie i uh i i, I teared up at the end sure. it's hard not to now the, it's a good finale it song really comes in about like to the ends of the earth i don't even yeah. know what the song is but it's when uh jeff is hugging abed it's very it's very sad because he goes in for like a bigger hug mm-hmm. on this recent rewatch what i kind of thought was that my estimation of season four went up a little bit. Okay. And my estimation of season six went down a bit. Okay. So, and, and, and it, just for context for people who don't remember, season four is when they had tossed out the original creators and brought in different people yeah. to run the show. And season five is like firing on all cylinders. Even though it lost Chevy Chase and it lost uh, Donald Glover yeah. uh, around season Mid-way, episode yeah. five, Dan Harmon comes back for season five. But I think he brings a lot of the writers back as well. Yeah. And I think what happens in season six is Harmon stays, but I think some of the other writers have gone other places. Because I noticed new names in the opening credits. And season six, uh, just a reminder to listeners, is when it switched to Yahoo from NBC. Yahoo Video and then and so, t- tanked the service. Yeah. So, so you know, but that brings that brings new freedoms as far as like how long episodes can be yeah. and the kind of content that can put out there, which yeah. sometimes, as I learned from my recent rewatch of Arrested Development, is not always positive yeah. uh, for the show. So yeah, it was. I mean, season six is still good. It still has some really fun episodes in there, but there is like a a lack of focus, not just in the episodes, but the season as a whole. Okay, so. I still like watching the whole thing, and I was sad when it was over again because I was like, yep. what am I going to watch now? I don't know Definitely. what I'm going to watch. All right. Uh, well, let's see. I finished a few things book-wise. I've been reading Akata Witch by Nettie Okorafor, which is our YFR yeah. Adults book club pick for a summer reading program uh, this year. Imagine your story. Uh, okay. So this was, uh, I don't know. I I really wholeheartedly wanted to like this, and there was a lot that I appreciated about it. For example, the 
the Nigerian setting, I think was something that I hadn't read in a book, especially um, a book for that age group. So I, I really liked that. I feel like overall, it's kind of reductive to say that it's, uh, you know, it's in the vein of Harry Potter, but there are a lot of very clear um, direct parallels. So you can either say mm-hmm. that th- those are just sort of tropes that, you know, stories about like magic worlds tend to gravitate towards those. Uh, and that's probably more true than it just being like, oh, well, Harry Potter did this. But I did feel like it kind of suffered in in that comparison in that way. So uh, a lot to discuss in the book. I didn't end up uh, rating it particularly high because personally mm. I, d- I didn't enjoy it that much. But right. um, plenty plenty to appreciate and enjoy in How's, it. How's uh, the library's resident Harry Potter fan? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think Kate and I were uh, both jockeying for the same overdrive uh, copy. Mm-hmm. So now that oh, okay. I've released mine, I'm sure she's she's in the midst of it right now. But I finished that. Uh, while we're talking YA, I also finished DC Superhero Girls Metropolis High. So this mm-hmm. is a this is a long running, pretty popular uh, junior graphic novel series that we have in the collection. This is a new era for it with the new author Amy Wolfram taking over from Shea Fontana don't think it was as good as the others but i imagine that it will still be popular and it's more in line with the netflix show of the same name so it makes sense finally i finished a star wars book by rebecca roanhorse called resistance reborn this one struggles Hmm. largely because of its placement it's written in the wake of the last jedi and you can tell it's very clear that when this was being written they had no idea what rise of skywalker was going to be because it doesn't really do anything. <gasps> Neither did Disney. I know. That's what I mean. It's, it's yeah. kind of a meandering mess of like, I don't, I don't. It's like, it's like they were getting paid by the named character because there are so many mm-hmm. named characters in this book that are completely inconsequential. The only story in there that I sort of liked was one with Snap Wexley and uh, Wedge Antilles. They, you they, love Snap I don't. So much. I don't. But they had a little. They had a little plot together, um, and, and the book makes a, a family link between those two. That I was kind of interested in. But everything with with Leia or Poe or Ray or Rose or Finn mm-hmm. were just complete whiffs. And I think it's because they just couldn't have any movement on those characters at all. Yeah, so, I don't know what the point of like putting out stories in between the movies while the movies are happening. Yeah. Just like unless you know exactly what's going to happen between movies. It just seems like you're setting yourself up for failure. I had read, and I I don't know this as a fact, but when I was looking at the reviews, more than one person said that that the book borrows more plot elements from the aborted Colin Trevorrow script than the ultimate J.J. Abrams one was filmed. So I don't know if that's true because I haven't read that script, but that is Um, sort of... um, You you haven't read any of the summaries that... I haven't really, no. It looked interesting. I don't know if it would be satisfying at all either so i i don't think that this is worth your time at all and i don't think it reflects on rebecca roanhorse at all because Mm -hmm. i think that it's very clear that this was like a just you know write something with these characters but they can't do anything that's that's the only thing (laughs) so kind of a waste of time I am currently reading uh, Senior Year by Mel Gilden, an author we had on the show a while back. So you can you can go back into the All the Books archives for our interview with Mel Gilden. Uh, that is uh, a standalone thing, episode 221. So you can go back and hear that interview. I'm also reading Avengers vs. X- X-Men, a massive crossover between the Avengers and X-Men titles. And uh, it, it encompasses many books, so it's sort of slow going with that. 
I watched a few interesting things that I thought I'd tell you about. Uh, I alluded to this earlier, but we finished Arrested Development Season 4. And wow, it's just not good. It is mostly joyless. It's like there are a couple plots that you can finally sort of pick up on and be like, okay, let's see where this goes. And there are moments where you kind of chuckle because the characters are just good. The actors are good at playing those Mm -hmm. characters. But as a whole, I think it's just uh, sort of a joyless failure. And we started season five right after that. And Uh already season five is an improvement. It's more traditional in the way that the characters are together. But it is very, very heavily connected to season four, which I thought is really surprising. Yeah. Season four ends on all cliffhangers, which I had forgotten. Uh, And it's funny because I watched season four right when it came out. And it is all, nothing's resolved. It's all cliffhangers. And I forgot that entirely. That's how disinterested I was and what happened next. Yeah. But I'm more hopeful about season five, uh, even though I would have liked to have left some of those plot lines in the past. So we'll see where Mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah. I also finished Into the Night, which we were talking about. This was about... uh, In the Dark of the Night? No. Evil will find her. Go ahead. Go ahead and sing it, Christopher That's it. That's it. End of the Night is that Netflix show where people are on a plane and they realize they can't oh, let right, the sun right, touch right. them or they die. Yeah. Yeah. This suffers from something that the original Tarzan book suffered with, too. The story is very good, and then it Racism? sort of... It's... <laughs> no. And it sort of gives you this little tag of, like, here's what, what's going to happen in the future. And that tag makes it very unsatisfying. Because had it ended on a more, like, what comes next kind of thing, I think even though it's sort of unresolved, you would have been like, wow. But here you're just sort of like, so is there a season two? Are we going to be doing this now? It's very, (laughs) very unsatisfying. Okay. But I do think it's worth a watch. So check that out. All right. Finally, I'd been putting this off for many years. Uh, The only Planet of the Apes movie that I've never seen, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the final of the the original series. Six one. Six, yeah. Um, Wait, okay, hold on. Three... Four is no fifth one. It's five. Are there? I, I I honestly don't. I mean, the first one's Planet Charlton Apes, Heston. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the Conquest. Planet of the Apes. What was it? Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Conquest, which is the one where Caesar's like, "Well, your seas be a dead sea." Yeah. And then uh, yeah, battle then is battle. the fifth one. And yeah. look, I mean, they're all. I feel like up until this one, they have all had good things about them. There's not uh-huh. been one that I have just been like this is i hate this but this one mm-hmm. is a rough watch it is very boring yes um, aggressively boring it feels like a made for tv movie of these ape films yeah and not a good way no. if there is a good way to say that no it just doesn't all the other ones have some sort of message they all say something and this one ends on such a like eh, it's i guess weird. we'll yeah. see kind of ending it's just yeah it's not good. It's really and not the apes good. Still haven't really taken over. Yeah. Well, it's like this is all about like you see you see their their home and you have apes and humans living together. Clearly the apes are on top. You know, I mean they're they're the ones mm-hmm. in charge. But it's more harmonious than you've ever seen in the series before. Yeah. They are venturing into the into the remnants of the town, the destroyed like town. And you know, they just run into like humans again and it's just the humans are just bad for the sake of being bad which is not to say that that's not true but like it just doesn't it doesn't do anything that conquest the previous one didn't do better 
and with more finality. So I really didn't like it at all. I've never seen the live action show. I've never seen the animated series set after that. But this was this was the only one that I've been like, this is bad. I would never rewatch this movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, Battle for the Apes has the ape has killed ape. It does. Okay. Yeah, it so. does. I was like, oh, there it is. Yep. Ape yeah. has killed ape. That is ape kind of iconic, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. So it does have that one thing going for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for me as far as like watching and, and uh, reading things. Shall we move mm-hmm. into some book news? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's look at the Women's Prize for Fiction, which uh, is in its 20, it's celebrating its 25th year as a prize. So that's exciting. We're down to a short list now with the winners. What did you say? Being announced in September this year, right? September, yeah. September, okay. So we have Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. Dominicana by Angie Cruz, which we've talked about that one before. That was on my list to read. Hilary Mantel, The Mirror and the Light. And finally, Weather by Jenny Offill. So that's the short list right now. You can find more about these at womensprizeforfiction.co.uk. And we'll keep you posted as the award is announced. And we'll talk about the winners in September. Uh, Let's take a look at the New York Times bestseller list. What's going on? New York Times bestsellers list for combined print and ebook fiction. Where are we? Number 10, The Guest List by Lucy Foley. A wedding between a TV star and a magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland. I remember. Turns deadly. So, all right. That was the thing where I was like, if it was, uh, then there were none. Yeah. I'd be digging it. Yep. Uh, Number nine, The Guardians by John Grisham. Colin Post, a lawyer and Episcopal minister, antagonizes and ruthless killers. Number eight, new this week, American Demon by Kim Harrison, Ooh. the 14th book in the Hollow series. There you go. What is the Hollow series? Uh, yeah, um, we have some of the graphic novels in our collection. Um, I don't know much about it, but it is it is mm-hmm. a relatively popular. Oh, our, yeah, our, yeah, our yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The tagline is, welcome back to the Hollows. Yeah. Welcome uh, back. Number. Thank you. Number seven is Fair Warning by Michael Connolly, the third book in the Jack McAvery series. This is about a reporter who's tracking a killer. Every week. It's McAvoy, and every week you say McAvery. Oh, yeah. Which I is funny, say, uh, because I think you would, because of, you know, James McAvoy, who plays Professor X, I would think that name would just be locked and loaded for you, but no. Yeah. It's all right. Oh, I guess, I guess I'm a drone, Nick. I guess you are. I'm not. Stupid drone. Uh, six, Little Fires Everywhere by ah! Celeste NG. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That has been 71 weeks of that bit. An artist offends a quiet Longer town than outside that. of Cleveland. The Summer House is at number five. That's James Patterson and Brendan DeBoy. Uh, Jeremiah Cook, a veteran and former NYPD cop, investigates a mass murder near Lake in Georgia. Okay. The Vanishing Half is at number four by Britt Bennett. The lives of twin sisters who run away from a southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes a different racial identity but their fates intertwine camino wins is at number three by john grisham what Ooh. he's back again. two for grish two john grisham nice get out of here grish i know that's lines between fact and fiction become blurred when an author of thrillers is found dead after a hurricane hits camino island look out do you think he's sending so, a message to like a competitor to camino you oh. know he's like this yeah. fiction writer yeah. was dead you don't mess with john grisham yeah. do you think yeah you better watch it out uh possible uh, James Patterson's ghostwriter. Yeah. Number two, Where the Crawdads Sing. Wow, it's gone up by Delia yeah. Owens. 
I mean, I guess if you're on lockdown, you're like, what, what has everybody been yeah. reading? What should I finally get to? Where are the crawdads sing? Yeah. It's been 93 weeks Cycles coming. back around. Yeah. Delia Owens, Quiet Town, North Carolina, 1969, Young Woman, Alone in the Marsh, yeah. becomes a murder suspect. Sure she does, yeah. Number one is new this week. It's 28 Summers by Ellen Hildebrand. Yeah. A relationship that started in 1993 between Mallory Blessing and Jake McLeod comes to light while she is on her deathbed and his wife runs for president. It's kind of a twist at the end there. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. All right. I read some Ellen Hildebrand Christmas books, but I've not read, uh, you know, wow. non-seasonal Dang. books. 1993? So. Is that 28 summers ago? It's a long time ago. Dang. Hmm. Yeah. All right. 20. Yeah. There next year. Wow. Well, there you go. I would like it if it was 28 summers and it was just 28 chapters about different people during their summer. It was all the same summer. You know what? I thought you were going to say 28 people named summer. You know? Oh, 28 summers. Yeah, summer sure would was a you know that sort of thing. But yeah, wanted for murder. That's not what you meant. Okay. All right. Well, should we take a look to the future here? Should we? What look if at... we combined oh, okay. the guest list yes. for Twenty Eight Summers okay. and Twenty Eight Summers are invited to an island? Oh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be so confusing. Like it wasn't me. It was Summer. No, it's I didn't summer. do it. No, the other Summer. Summer yeah. did it. That's Summer's fun. been killed. Not is, Summer. Is this starring Jerry Seinfeld? What's happening? Is that? <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? She's a Summer. She's a Summer. Summer killed Summer. <laughs> Oh, uh, hey, speaking of summer, shall we look at some of summer's most uh, enticing books? Yeah. Okay. They're anticipated, and it's the summer. <laughs> it's the summer's most anticipated book. I'll tell you what. My summer reading, uh, as I've mentioned many a time, has not gotten off to the robust start that it usually does. So um, yeah. this this list, I'm looking at a couple different lists here. I've, I've compiled a few. Primarily, I was looking at one put together by L, uh, L Magazine, and one by Vulture as well. Had, had a couple of... Uh, things that i liked on it here so uh i'm on i'm on uh den of geek ah why okay books. Mm-hmm. see this is a going through these lists is is interesting to me because usually you know june is a big publishing time you know you're, you're getting a lot of books that, that are mm-hmm. like sort of for the summertime uh the summer reads and that's sort of thing. a lot of big uh big authors putting things out and all that and for us it's been tricky because the, you know the the people who are who would normally ship and process our books yeah. have been shut down this whole time yeah. so like we've been able to continue to order things but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that things have continued to like come in the mail so right. you know normally the the shelves would be full of of all these these new summer books but instead it's just been like review magazines and you know looking at the different things coming out but now that things are you know we're doing curbside again we're open up again and the Mm -hmm. publishers are opening up again we have a an order list that's like a hundred plus books that's just sort of like waiting to come so i feel like pretty soon we're just gonna have like a yeah uh, a giant uh box of books dropped on top of us because my most anticipated book of the summer has been camino wins because Mm. camino island was like you know, one of the best Grisham books I'd read in a while. And it's interesting mm-hmm. because he's, uh, it's not his typical thing. You know, it's not a legal, legal thriller. It's not like legal at all. It's, it's just mm-hmm. a totally different approach to writing books. And he's done that, you know, Grisham's done that in the past with things like playing for pizza or a painted house or that sort of thing. But, um, mm-hmm. I was interested that he was coming back for, uh, for Camino wins. And every time I've been in the library, I've been checking like, had they shipped Camino wins yet? But no, so I'm still uh, I'm still on hold for Overdrive, but uh, that that was my main 
summer reading pick. Do you have one that you've been waiting for specifically yourself? No, I just haven't even been paying attention. Yeah. Like I haven't been in the mood to like read Mm -hmm. a book for a bit. So I finally, you know, kind of came out of that and read the Daisy Jones book. Now that I am reading again, now it's like, oh, like I put, um, I put that educated book on my to read list. Oh, Tara Westover, sure. Yeah. And, um, I put the glass castle on my whole list. Yeah. Because I mean, you were, you were such a fan of station 11. Yeah. So like there's stuff that has been out that I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, now that I'm like, you know, still stuck and I've got my Kindle and everything, I'll get the ebook, but I don't know if there's anything, maybe, maybe on your list you'll be like, and this. Okay. So. All right. Well, hit me one. Tell me, tell me one. Oh, okay. Feathertide by Beth Cartwright. Okay. Comes out July 30th. Hit me, Born yeah. covered in feathers of a bird and kept hidden in a crumbling house of secrets, Maria has always known she was different, but never known why. And so to find answers, she goes in search of the father she's never met. The hunt leads her to the city of Murmurs, a place of mermaids and mystery where jars okay. of swirling mist are carried through the streets by the brokenhearted. And Mara will never forget what she learns there. Okay. So this is a fantasy situation. Yeah, I would okay. think so. Because yeah. when you started, I thought it was like somebody had a baby and then put feathers all over it. No, feather and ties. I was really got, confused by it. a bird woman and mermaids. Okay. okay. Yeah. But not the bird woman from Mary Poppins who's feeding birds. A woman who's actually a bird. Right. Is she a proper British nanny? I don't think so. So nothing connected to Mary Poppins? No. Okay, I understand now. No. All right, what else you got? Keep it coming. Let me hear another YA. Okay. Uh, running. By Natalia Sylvester, Mm -hmm. July 14th. In this authentic, humorous, and gorgeously written debut novel about privacy, waking up, and speaking up, Senator Arthur Ruiz is running for president. Throughout his successful political career, oh boy, I wonder where this is going. Mm -hmm. He has always had his daughter's vote, but a presidential campaign brings a whole new level of scrutiny to the sheltered 15-year-old Mariana and the rest of her Cuban-American family from a 60-minute style tour of the house to the tabloids doctoring photos and venting scandals. As tension dries within the Ruiz family, Murray begins to learn about the details of her father's political position, and she realizes that her father is not the man she thought he was. Mm. There's one uh, that's coming out that when I first read about it, I was like, that sounds a lot like Daisy Jones, but it's called Utopia Avenue, and it's by David Mitchell. Uh, This is coming out July 14th, but Utopia Avenue is, according to Mitchell, the strangest British band you've never heard of, and the subject Mm. of this late 1960s set, 600-page tome, which is reportedly filled with everything worth reading about, sex, psychedelia, and stardom. Uh, hmm. According to Vulture, no word yet on whether its structure folds in on itself like the novelist's 2009 mega-hit Cloud Atlas or returns to more linear forms of storytelling like his 2006 Black Swan Green. Uh, so hmm. this is this is one. I mean, the book Cloud Atlas was a lot more warmly received than the movie, uh, as I yeah, recall. Yeah, the movie you know. is weird. It is. Sometimes in good ways, but other times... No, but it sort of made me think of Daisy Jones just because it's another like fictional biography of a yeah. of this you know the, the greatest band in the world. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of interested in that one. I'm sure it's. I'm sure tonally it's going to be completely different from Daisy Jones, kind of like a Thirty Rock Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip when everybody thought those were going to be the same show and they were totally different. Yeah, so, probably one, similar. What else? Show you... and one was not on air anymore. True. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? What else you got? 
Hood by Jenny Elder Moak. Okay. Comes out June 9th. Came out June 9th. Uh, this is from the Disney Hyperion. The cover is green and wooshy. It looks like a cloak. Hood is kind of fancy style. And then there is a bow and arrow there. So we're talking Robin Hood. Nice. Isabel okay. of Kirklees has only ever known a quiet life inside the sheltered walls of the coven, uh, where she lives with her mother, Marianne. Mm. But after she's arrested by royal soldiers for defending innocent village, Isabel becomes the target of the wolf. King John's ruthless right hand. Wow. Desperate to keep her daughter safe, Marianne helps Isabel escape and sends her on a mission to find the one person who can help Isabel's father, John Green. What? Robin Hood. Oh. <laughs> As Isabel raises what a twist. the wolf's clutches and finds the father she's never known, she's thrust in the world of thieves and mercenaries, handsome out- young outlaws, new enemies with old grudges, and a king who wants her entire family dead. As she joins forces with Robin and his merry men in a final battle against Wolf, Will Isabel find the strength to defy the crown and save the lives of everyone she holds dear? Hmm. I'm, I guess when I thought that was like a gender swapped Robin Hood, I was yeah. more into it. Yeah. When I'm like, oh, so it's just Robin Hood's your dad kind of thing. I'm yeah. less, I'm less invested. Well, as you're reading it, it seems to me like it's maybe just a little behind the times, you know? Yeah. It missed it's, whatever that. Yeah. The, like the fairy tale or, you know, alternate takes on, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. It seems like that, uh. That craze is a little in the past, but, you know, yeah. what do I know? Nothing. I, I can't a, think of a thing. You, nothing? Yeah. That's hurtful. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. All right. Uh, I've got one here that's been on a couple different lists. Uh, I keep seeing it popping up over and over again. It's called A Burning by Mega Mahundar, and it is about... Uh, let's see. According to L, it is a simmering, ambitious debut which follows three seemingly separate characters whose lives intertwine after a terrorist attack on a train in India. I mean that that format where where you're following different characters and you know sooner or later like the the paths are going to cross. I'm usually kind of a sucker for those books, so this one does sound interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Another one that, that I'm seeing sort of all over the place is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Identical twin sisters Stella and Desiree are born in a small southern community in the 1960s and decide to run away from home at 16 and carve out new lives in New Orleans. But as they turn down separate paths, Desiree returns home with her daughter, while Stella conjures a life of secrecy as a black woman passing as white. So this is one that we've been talking about on the uh, the New York Times bestseller list. A tale of Mm -hmm. family, identity, race, history, and perception, Bennett's next masterpiece is a triumph of character-driven narrative. So already uh, we've seen, and this has come out, that this is, uh, because it was on the list for a couple weeks, I want to say, yeah. but that's one that I'm seeing over and over again. So what, what else you got, YA? A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green. Oh, is that the sequel Hank to Green? John Green's brother? <laughs> is he? Yeah. Is that the sequel? Is he really? Yes. Is that the sequel to the sci-fi one that came out last year that was like, okay? Oh, what was that? Hold on, I'm going to pull up I can't remember what that's called. Debut novel, an absolutely remarkable thing. Yes. In 2018. So yes. is it the sequel to that? Uh, that is the sequel. Okay. It comes out July 7th. Uh, the Carls disappear the same way they appeared in an instant. Okay. I don't know if that's... While the robots were on Earth, they caused confusion and destruction with only their presence. Part of their maelstrom was that the sudden viral fame and untimely death of April May, a young woman who stumbled into Carl's path, giving them their name, becoming their advocate, and putting herself in the middle of an avalanche of mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was spoilers. Apologies. I don't think it's really spoilers. You know, the thing with this one is, it was pretty clear that they were going to do a sequel from the get-go. And I sort of feel like what I liked about the first one was the like the weird, almost unfinished nature of it. And I kind of think mm-hmm. having a 
sequel takes away a little bit from the first, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it'll be popular. I'm surprised that that is uh, on a YA list, though. I wouldn't... That seems like a mistake. I wouldn't put that as YA. Mm. So, I don't know. Uh All right. uh, There's one that's coming out called Death in Her Hands. This is by Otessa Moshfei. And if you remember, a few years back, we did her debut novel, Eileen, which was such a weird book. It was... It was one of those books that's like sort of Joyce Carol Oatesian and it's like unpleasantness and it's look at these characters that like you would not want to hang out with. And so it left the book club sort of like, I don't know, nobody was really happy with the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, let me let me see a little bit about uh, the second here. A self-contained okay. horror story that takes place inside the mind of an alluringly unreliable narrator. Uh, which also seems a little behind the times, but the novel follows a 72-year-old widow who has moved with her dog to a large plot of land where they are seemingly at one with nature. When she finds a handwritten note that implies a murder has taken place on her property, she works to solve it as best she can. The narrator's dark fantasies and less-than-pure thoughts work especially well. If you think of Death in Her Hands as a sequel to Moshfeg's deliciously gross and grotesque debut novel, Eileen. So I wonder if it's sort of like a sideways sequel, you know, like they're not going to come right mm. out and say it, but uh sidequel. Pop. Yeah, sidequel. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. I didn't make um it. another one that I'm seeing and I love the cover of this one. It's uh it it's a woman, it kind of seems like a bridesmaid's dress, uh holding flowers, sitting down, green background. There's something about it that is just uh it's visually appealing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Mexican Gothic by Sylvie Marino Garcia, uh coming out. Well, it should be out by the time this episode airs. Picture the spooky Victorian mansion, this is from Vulture, where a Bronte heroine or a Sarah Waters character used to live and transported to a remote mountainside in Mexico in 1950. And you have Mexican Gothic. What do you think, Eric? Does that sound good to you? Sure. Okay. Sylvia Marino Garcia's twisty new horror novel follows vibrant heroine Naomi Tabota, who leaves her life as a debutante to check on her newly married cousin Catalina, who's been sending home alarming letters. Catalina has Uh-oh. married into a creepy old English family who, no! once, who once ran a silver mine in the neighboring village and who now live an isolated existence in High Place, a dark and dreary estate that lacks electricity but has an appropriately misty graveyard. Is Catalina being poisoned or haunted by ghosts, or she has simply gone mad from living at High Place? Or all of the above. Marina Garcia puts a spin on a pleasantly familiar trope as Naomi learns more about her cousin's uh, eugenics-obsessed in-laws and their dark secrets. Uh, Interesting. Ass. Really? Ass. Oh, no, I kind of like it. I kind of like that one. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to put that on my list. You could check back with me, and I'll... Uh, Maybe someday uh, when my brain is, is fixed, uh, mm-hmm. I will be able to report back on this book. But I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of it. It reminds me of like, uh, you know, like, uh, like my cousin Rachel or um, who's that? Da- Daphne du Maurier who writes those or Rebecca, yeah. something like that has, okay. has that sort of vibe to it. That sounds cool. Any other others you want to share, YA? Montega Twins, okay. The Witch's Hand by Nathan Page, illustrated by Drew Shannon, coming out... Uh, July 14th, Okay. part of a uh, graphic novel duology. Okay. Uh, Pete and Alistair 
Montague are just a couple of mystery-solving twins living in ordinary <laughs> life, or so they thought. Okay. All right. After a strange storm erupts on a visit to the beach, they discover there is more to their detective skills than they had thought. Their guardian, David Faber, a once prominent professor, has been keeping secrets about their parents and what the Ooh. boys are truly capable of. Wow. At the same time, three girls go missing after casting a mysterious spell, which sets in motion a chain of events that takes their small town down an unexpected path. With the help of David's daughter, Charlie, they discover there are forces at work that they never could have imagined, which will impact their lives forever. Mm. What do you think of this one? Interesting. There, okay. Some people are selling it as Hardy Boys meets Paper Girls. Huh. That sounds kind of fun. But so. isn't Hardy Boys meets Paper Girls just Stranger Things? Huh. Maybe. Okay. My next one here, I'm choosing basically just for the cover. I love this cover. I love the title. The cover looks like it's something that you'd get airbrushed on a shirt at Myrtle Beach. It's called Pizza Girl by mm, Jean Kyung Frazier. Uh, the the uh, blurb on the front says, A sublime ode to obsessive outcasts and lovable screw-ups everywhere. Uh, uh, and that's from Kimberly King Parsons, author of Blacklight. Here's what Elle had to say about it. A riotously funny yet difficult story of two women in opposite life stages but similar mental states. Pizza Girl follows an 18-year-old pregnant pizza delivery girl floundering in suburban Los Angeles. She encounters Jenny, a middle-aged stay-at-home mom who orders pickle-covered pizzas for her son every week. Obsessed with this tiny oddity, our Pizza Girl realizes... child abuse? (laughs) I I like that it says our Pizza Girl. Our Pizza Girl realizes she and Jenny might collide in more ways than one, you don't say. All right, you want to give me one more? Yeah, man, I'm still here with this stuff. I've got... Burn Our Bodies Down by Rory Power. Mm. It comes out July 7, 2020. Okay. Uh, she wrote Wilder Girls, uh, YA okay. book from a little bit ago. Ever since Margaret was born, it's been just her and her mother. No answers to Margaret's questions about where she came before. Probably Robin Hood or some feathers. Uh, no history to hold on to. No relatives to speak of. Just the two of them stuck in their rundown apartment struggling to get along. That's not enough for Margaret. Mm. She wants family. She wants a pass. She just found the key. She needs to get it. A photograph pointing her to the town called Feline, pointing her home. Only when Margaret gets there, it's not what she bargained for. Margaret's mother left out Uh. a reason. But was it to hide her past, or was it to protect Margaret from what's still there? The only thing Margaret knows for sure is that there's poison in her family tree, and that roots are dug so deeply in Feline that now that she's there, she might never escape. Look out. Burn our bodies down. Lots that sounds of fun. Fires rising from I like that song Sorry. too. I was, I was just making up a song. For the All right, movie. I'm going to give you my final one here, and you tell me if it's too topical. Afterland by Lauren Bukes. I will be looking. Here's, so far. here's a blurb on the cover. I will be looking forward to whatever Lauren Bukes does next. She's a major, major talent. One uh, dusty old sea captain, George R. R. Martin, had that to say. Coming out in July, uh, according to Elle, in Afterland, the world is run by women. A mysterious pandemic has destroyed the vast majority of the male population, and women are desperate to keep the human race alive. Wait, is this why the last man? Yeah. Yes. Men are valuable, and so protagonist Cole must protect her son, Miles, by disguising him as a girl. Of course, an army of dangerous people are after them, including Cole's own sister. What do you think of that? Does that sound interesting to you? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't really like it either. I don't really like it either. I've already read Why the Last Man, so... I know, I, I kind of yeah, I, I thought that too. I read 10, 7, or however many volumes of that as, as it was. But also, I'm not really into the whole survival of mankind right now. Yeah, you know? understood. 
Me and Understood. the elephants. I think me yeah. and the elephants and the gorillas are we, – we call each other every week, and yeah. I'm always having to defend humankind. And they're like, I don't know. Do you As mean a the, gorilla. The band of the gorillas? No, just uh, those guys some are cartoons. gorillas. Oh, silverback no, gorillas. Some okay. highland silverback gorillas yeah, yeah, yeah. and some African elephants. Yeah, yeah. Every now I'm talking to them like, yeah, we got political stuff going on here. And they're like, what if you guys just left? Yeah. I was like, elephants, listen. <laughs> I like, think no, it's... no, no. You listen, string bean. <laughs> They call you string bean? Well, they're elephants. What? I mean, everybody's a string bean compared Making to them. Making fun of people's physical quirks. I don't think it's appropriate. I know, appropriate. but I don't. they're elephants, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I'd tell them to forget, but we know that's not going to happen. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, they're not great on forgiving either. I, I believe it. I believe it. Kind of crappy painters, too, if you ask me. I mean, what's, what's that even <laughs> what? supposed to be? You know what I mean? I don't think it's so much the quality of the painting. I it's agree. The they can paint. <laughs> okay. Well, like when a child paints, we're like, look, this child is worth keeping into an adult form. You shouldn't protect the people who are bullying you, Eric. I'm okay with the elephants, though. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Thank you for bullying me. Listen, want. here's the thing. When trying to compile these Yeah, you're a big Rosie O'Donnell fan. Here's, let me tell you, let me see if you found a similar thing here. When I, when I was compiling these lists and trying to, you know, pull, pull from different places, one thing that struck me is that it seems like this is the year of, like, the non-traditional story. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of the big things that are being published are, are, are not your usual fare of, like, look, this family has so many struggles or, like, this girl who lived in the marsh is con- accused of murder. You know, it just seems like there's a lot of... Um, just atypical weird stuff out there and i wonder i wonder you know what it is that's sort of stoking that creativity in people because it does seem like um like that that'll be i think a little bit that was true last year but it sort of seems like that's a that's a trend that we're seeing now have you noticed that in in like ya fiction or anything Hmm. in ya i don't know maybe it hasn't gotten there yet that's true like ya was hopping on that kind of like podcast murder thriller kind of thing just recently that's true it almost kind of feels like it's a step behind like it's mm. i don't know but maybe but they're also doing stuff that other books aren't doing yeah um you know i think some way in some ways ya has kind of lapped adult fiction you know yeah, what I, mean? I mean it's like they've already done all this stuff and now they're coming yeah. back and like taking a second pass at yeah, it yeah i mean when you think those about trends it, stuff like um the hate you give yeah. was you know very at its time and yeah. ahead of its time exactly and it really i mean i don't know there wasn't too much in the news in the adult book wise yeah. that was matching i mean there are books i mean you were talking about the underground railroad was big yeah. but that was but like you said that was also kind of like a weirder concept yeah yeah, yeah you're i right. don't know you're right something just in the air i guess i don't so. know i don't know when it started maybe I there was some so. kind of weird event that happened in late 2016 <laughs> oh my gosh that made us all just think like you know what what there is no such thing as reality you're breaking up i can't <laughs> yeah, all right um okay so but you found some books there that you wanted to read from that I list did. yeah no i'm not on. i'm not saying that i'm not saying that the books that are coming out yeah. are no good i'm just saying that i see a lot more non-traditional books being elevated to like the things that are on people's mind that people are talking about i'm it, usually it's like a pretty traditional fair and then you have like you know three or four that are a little more off the wall that poke their way through and and you know hit hit bigger than you might expect yeah. it seems like it's the opposite this year where it's a lot more of these off the wall type um, either yeah. either they're structurally unusual or the story that they're telling is atypical right. um, and like you have traditional narratives that are 
they've switched places and those are the ones that are kind of popping up here and there where it's like oh that's just a story about like a person who has a job who you know what i mean it's just like you know it's just unusual uh unusual the change i think that's happening right now but yeah anyway tech conglomerate owner and man who wears guinea pigs for clothing accused of murder yeah outside of a new jersey bowling alley while eating pickle pizza while eating pickle pizza yeah but that fits well with the summer reading program theme imagine your story uh so you know uh i guess that's a good transition into library news the the summer reading program is on like donkey kong everybody uh the the kids and teens got a lot going on so you can check that out on the library's social media is probably the best place to do that right now uh the adult summer reading program uh similar to years past we're doing weekly prizes we're doing a big grand prize all you have to do to participate is uh you know read books of different genres participate in the book club discussions uh follow along on the podcast comment on podcast episodes that sort of thing uh, mm-hmm. So hope you'll join us for that, where, of course, it's going to be a little different this year because right now we're just down to curbside, but uh, summer reading program is here, and we're going to have a good time with it. So hope that you will right. join us for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's really going to do it for this episode of the All the Book Show. Eric, anything you'd like to add at the end here? Hmm. Wear wanna... a mask. It's not a political statement. Thank you. That That's, uh, that's a very smart... Very smart. Word <laughs> to the wise there. All right. So with that, I'm going to go put my mask on before I go to the grocery store. Oh, good luck. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for the All the Book Show. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye, everybody.